Hello, All Beard Inside listeners. Here's the audio from our newest YouTube episode. If you enjoy this episode or the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside, or as I've been saying, maybe not so much All Beer Inside. We've traveled to Shelburne, Vermont, and joining me today is Nick of Shelburne Orchards and also Dead Bird Distillery. Yeah. Hi. Nick, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to speak with us today about your orchard and your distillery. I look forward to hearing about this, the history of both, uh, but you brought me out some tasty looking beverages here to try. What's number one I'm starting with here? This one is the Pomo. Okay. This one is the straight up dead bird brandy. 80 proof. This is 80 proof brandy um, made from apples. Okay. There's probably 30 varieties of apples in there. This particular bottling is nine years in oak. Wow. That's like got the burn. It's brandy. Okay. The other one is Pomo, which is more like a, like a, uh, port or sherry style okay. of drink it's it's fortified sweet cider so we take sweet cider fortify it with at least two-year-old brandy to a, it's about 20 proof for 40 percent alcohol okay. so it's not doesn't have the burn the the alcohol keeps that cider from fermenting so it stays sweet and appley so you suggest i start with the pomo uh, yeah, you, the pomo is it's very nice. It's a very nice, easy to drink, easy to drink too much of because it doesn't have, <laughs> have burn. Amazing. So. Beautiful nose. And you said 40% alcohol? Yeah. Okay. So there's still alcohol in there. Okay, yeah. But it's, but yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool. Cheers. Toast. It's like alcohol apple juice. Wow. Very tasty. No burn. Yeah. Really but good. there's barrel, I mean, it, it isn't just alcohol and apple juice because there's, there's oak, it's four years, that's been in oak for four years. Okay. So there is a, there you can, you can get, you still get some of the oak flavors in. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Like you said, very dangerous. Something you could have a couple yes. of and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as we say, just make sure you either drink responsibly or has a designated driver. That's the important part. Yeah. So, um, so from what I read online, quite the history for Shelburne Orchards. What, what is the history of Shelburne Orchards? Like, what's the story? Well, yeah, Shelburne Orchards was, it's been uh, in the family since the uh, mid-50s. Mm -hmm. And um, my father bought, it was our neighbor. He, it was about a 400 apple tree orchard back in, before that. Yeah. The earlier trees, those trees were planted around 1910. And a lot of old varieties of apples, but Macintosh and were were probably prevalent. And then my dad owned it up until 1974, which I t grew up. So I grew up in the orchard. He my, and my mom moved on, mm -hmm. left here, and since '74, it he grew up to about 2,000 apple trees. And now we've got over 8,000 apple oh trees. Oh my gosh! And and it's changed from from. Um, an orchard that we picked and sold the, brought mm -hmm. the apples to a, a cooperative packing facility. We built our own, I built a, a packing facility, but I also have completely turned it into a pick your own people. So we sell 90% of the apples, mm -hmm. not just apples, but pears, peaches, yeah. sour cherries. Um, 
90% gets sold right off the farm. So we, we created, and we're close to Burlington. We're close mm -hmm. to the lake. It's a yeah. beautiful location for people to come. Families, it's mostly young families with kids. It's a great uh, activity for, so we, like, we'll sell like 8,000 cider donuts in a Saturday. You know, it's like, that's how many people come? Thousands of people yeah. come. And we have wagon rides, and it's just, it, it's, we've created this great retail situation. And so the packing line, where we used to pack apples mm -hmm. and sell to Price Shopper, the Grand Union, that stopped. And we're now getting all the retail selling apples retail. So the packing line area, the space in the storage building that was the packing line, I took the packing line out, this big, beautiful space, floor drains, concrete floor, the forklift, the big coolers. What to do? Yeah. This is like perfect situation to put a, a distillery, which mm -hmm. uh, 2009 is when we started distilling, uh, got my license, and it, it was just, it just worked perfectly. And we sell, and, and if we sell the alcohol through the state distribution mm -hmm. system, they take, uh, you know, about half the yeah, yeah. So. It makes sense. This is a small, we're a small, this is a small farm, small distillery. We've maybe bottle a thousand bottles a year, but we could sell it all right from the farm. So it makes sense. If we had to sell it through the, through the state, it wouldn't make as much sense financially for us at this scale. So yeah, your it, your ROI is a lot better here than yes. Yeah, it makes it it really it makes it it makes good money and also we can use apples that aren't perfect mm -hmm. if we get hail, um, and the other part of that for being being an agricultural business to have a product that we can sell regardless if the crop fails for one year yeah. we've got a, we have income coming in from the brandy that it's just uh, it's a it's a diversification of the business yeah. that really is, makes sense for sure i mean you saw that there was a demand for i don't see a lot of brandy coming out of vermont right. personally in my eyes so you saw there was a demand there right apples are pretty well, much they're, natural they're so. actually not a big demand so yeah. that's the other thing who who goes to the liquor store to buy apple brandy yeah very okay. few people so we have all these people come to the orchard. We have a tasting room, and people go, "Oh, brandy!" You know, they for one thing, they think about the coffee, brandy, or yeah. something sweet and syrupy. Yeah. So that's not what this is. Mm -hmm. This is definitely like a whiskey strain. Yeah. You know, and so so there is an educational process, and so we're having to basically create our own market and build our own market and educate people about it. And it's working. Every year we probably double our sales just because people try it, they like it, and they come back. Yeah. So It's a crazy timeline too because you start from only a few hundred apple trees to a few thousand to what you have now. And I think I read 60 acres you have? Hundred, Yeah. Well, there's 100 acres altogether, okay. 60 acres of actual canopy orchard. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's primarily where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. I was just where I parked. I'm looking. I'm like... Oh my God, I could have a drone and fly over your entire field and it yeah. might run in a battery because this is a huge land and family owned and, and staying in the family this entire time. I'm assuming at some point you're going to pass it down to your daughter yeah. and, and her family too. So yeah. that's another important part of 
your story and from what I see, Vermont's story in general is a lot of family-owned business that just gets passed down over and over and yes. over. And that's that's a huge thing in, in this state in Vermont, I find. Yeah, and and it's, a gr- it's great for me. I mean, the other thing, making something like making brandy mm-hmm. that takes nine years in a barrel, Yeah, that's crazy, right? It's like when we make it, we don't get to... T- know what it's going to taste like for nine years like going to school and not getting a report card until you're like an old man you know it's kind of it's kind of crazy and in and it's an art form that takes more than one generation really to mm-hmm. learn so yeah. it's a long-term process so having um a son-in-law and daughter that's interested in taking it's it's awesome yeah that's fantastic here. I mean, your daughter set this up today, uh, yeah. Mariah. So yeah. I thank thank you very much to her for setting this up, and it's uh, it's amazing to hear like your history and your story. And this is a family bred business. Yeah. Uh, when the pandemic hit and you saw things happening, you were like, oh, at least we can maybe sell the brandy online and people will come pick it up. Or, yeah. Yep. We uh, were able to do that. We we people can buy it online mm-hmm. but they have to come and pick it up yeah so it was great we could people would buy it and they wouldn't even have to get out of the car you know just like right through the window so well, i have to show <laughs> they have to show some id first but it's <laughs> proof they're 21 that's all yeah. yeah that's awesome now and i mean clearly you guys survived you're thriving from what everything i can see especially with the website there's just constantly events and yeah your tasting room is a limited time frame Roughly yes. end of August till October. Yeah, but then we have the then we have people still can come down and pick stuff up even mm-hmm. if the tasting room's open. No, you know if the the tasting room doesn't have to be open, you can still any time of year purchase online and then contact us, and we'll still hand the bottle through the car yeah. window. That's awesome. <laughs> and through Christmas, you know, through the holidays, we sell a lot of you know that's that's a big. You know, they're good gifts. Yeah. Now, what made you decide to go just beyond apples and grow cherries, peaches, and, and all that other stuff? Do you find the ground here is just perfect for multiple fruit growth? Well, well, yeah. Peach is it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, like, they're, we're in Vermont. Normally, peaches grow in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there are two things happening. Um, seems like it might be getting a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. The... And then the other part of it that's actually more significant is that they're creating more and more winter cold hardy varieties of peaches. So we're trying those different, you know, we've got probably seven different varieties of peaches. This year we got, you know, the, in, in, in February, 17 below zero will kill, will, will kill the buds. Yeah. And that happened this year. And it used to be, Rule of thumb was every third year we'd have a peach crop. Okay. But the last 10, 15 years, it, we had, we've had them every year. Bang, 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 bang. This is, this is now we got froze out. It's just the way it is. It's growing yeah. peaches in Vermont. It's, that's, that's pretty good, though, like almost 15 years yes, straight of growth. We had a, and, we've had a great stri- yeah. stretch. In any Pe- case, peaches people love. Um, it's good money. Um, the sour cherries are easy. We don't have a lot of sour cherries, um, but it's this coming weekend. Actually, we're opening for for the sour cherry picking. Okay. And 
that's that'll be just a few days. It's not a big it's not a big thing, but the people who like making making pie, you know, the sour cherries are the pie cherries, and <laughs> these are Montmorency. They're the French sour pe- cherry mm-hmm. pie cherries, and 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 if you haven't had a fresh cherry pie made with fresh sour cherries, you, you, you haven't lived. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I'd have to try one at some point. That's that's a big thing. I from I didn't notice a. Uh, on your online portal, it's uh, it's called You Pick, and you basically just have people come and pick yeah. their fruits as yeah. much as they want. How popular is that? It's gr- it's popular. One of the things that has changed too since we have the internet, and I mean, it seems that seems like we've had it for a long time, but in the scope of this mm-hmm. orchard, it isn't a long. Having the ability to send out newsletters that, to emails and have uh, a, a a list of four thousand people that want to know when things are happening yeah. we can send these these emails out and pinpoint the exact time and place to come to pick different things if we had to do it through uh paper to magazines yeah yeah that come out once a week that would be really difficult but th- we have the ability to do that now and um we people sign up for a peach picking time for instance, mm-hmm. and there'll be we can get 200 people on Thursday afternoon from from six to nine in the evening or six to seven thirty, and they'll come and pick 2,000 pounds of peaches and be gone. And yeah. the, and they're happy, we're happy. So yeah. On top of that, you also sell trees as well, from what I've seen. We do sell apple trees. Okay. How does that? How does that? How did that come along? Where you're just like, oh, we have extra trees. Let's sell them off. Well, it came from a time when, for 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 me, again being in agriculture, having years that the apple tr- apples don't, you know, we could get hail yeah. and wipe out a whole year's worth of work, or a hurricane, or a frost, or there's things that look that can come. Up. So anything that I can sell mm-hmm. in this business that don't depend on the crop is just is just backup. You know, money that comes in apple trees, even if the, the the crop fails, are still saleable. And we so they're big trees. There's like a 44 inch root ball, four inch mm-hmm. caliper tree goes for a couple of thousand dollars. And we don't, you know, we sell those. Then we have the 36 inch root ball ones for that are two and a half inch caliper. They're still like eight feet tall, six foot wingspan. Plenty of apples growing on them, yeah. and people, and not many people can you know find other than here find that size apple tree for sale. Yeah. So we sell a lot of them. Plus, on the website, I saw there's a lot of how to take care of the tree, how to grow the tree. Yeah, do you find that's also like that draws a lot of people where you're telling them, hey, this is how you take care of your tree. Yes, and this will help you grow apples every season. Well, I have, so. a, I have a standard, like people ask me all the time what mm-hmm. to do. They have their apple tree and they want to know what to do, you know, how to make it produce great apples. And I tell them, I've developed this pruning style, guarantees 100% perfect apples every year. Wow. You just prune the tree right close to the ground and come buy your apples at Shelburne Orchard. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay, now speaking of the still, uh, 2009, you, you start creating the distillery. Uh, mm-hmm. Where did you did you create your own still, or did you buy that from somewhere? 
We bought the stills from a small still maker in Portugal. Handmade, hand hammered copper stills. Wow. The, the first, yeah, the, there's, I have two of them now and from the same company. Um, and they're, they're designed, it's an old, old design. They look just like a little temple. You know, they're round yep. with a little thing on top. Yeah. Um, and the, the design is what the cognac, the early Armagnac and cognac stills. And so it's like, it was Portugal. So that's, you know, near Southern mm -hmm. France. And yeah. A few weeks over in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <In the> truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's amazing. That's, that's nice to hear that. It's, it's almost like old country when you think about it. Yes. Uh, you're, you're going for that old school technology. All of this feels like old, yeah. old country. Yeah. I me. mean, the, the barrel room we're in, it's, it feels, you know, old school technology you got yeah. an old school rocking chair back there that people would pay hundreds of dollars for <laughs> type of thing uh, all these barrels which i'm sure breweries and vineyards and all other places are asking it time and time again like hey you got barrels for sale yeah so it's pretty crazy and then from what i read on your website you retain about 90 percent of the juice from the apples from the f fermentation or not the fermentation from the beginning of the stilling to the fermentation like when you're crushing down the apples for the juice, yeah, yeah. you retain from what I saw about ninety percent of the juice. Is that right? Well, the I'm not sure exactly. We retain all the juice. Okay, all the juice. It's from okay. this from the cider. Well, we make cider in the fall. Okay. We, the cider press is running all fall. We're selling sweet cider to people, but we sit. We're filling large fermentation tanks up okay. in the up in the storage building. The blends for when we're making pressing cider for the brandy, we blend many different apples. And we've got, in the last 20 years, we've been planting specifically varieties for the brandy. Not all apples okay. are that you grow, that, that we put in the brandy that you'd want to eat. They're, mm -hmm. they're sour, they're high tannin apples. Um, <clears throat> so we press those and fill those tanks in the fall um, and it's about 8,000 gallons, I think, that we fill tanks that we, when they're all full and they get yeast pitched in mm -hmm. them and that takes three to six weeks for the sugar in the cider to turn to alcohol. Okay. Yeah. And then, so it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of perfect because we, we get done harvest at the end of October. We're pre we've done pressing, that's when we're pressing. And then by the time harvest is over, everybody's beat. And then we take a, like a November is kind of like going, you know, everybody's recuperating. And so after Thanksgiving, all the, the, the brandy, the, the hard ciders finish fermenting. And that's when we start the stills up, usually beginning of December mm -hmm. and run the stills through December into early January when there's not a whole lot else to do we're kind of waiting for the trees to go dormant yeah. so we can start pruning um so it's like it fits in perfectly with the cycle of work in the orchard and then pumping them into barrels and waiting nine yeah. years or so for so we started this in 2009 and we yeah. started filling barrels and filling barrels and we had this grace period of six seven years before we first bottled mm -hmm because we wanted to eat in the orchard business carried the, the 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 brandy business all those years where we were doing buying the barrels building the cell um buying the stills and now 
we've had that grace period is over now we can bottle and every year another batch will turn will have matured and left the bottle so it's it's a long-term process yeah 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 it's it's commitment for sure awesome so uh, tell me a little bit more about the brandy that you didn't tell me before well people want to know if it's something it's an after dinner drink or a before dinner drink so you an know for teeth or yeah so that's a, and I, and, I, and I swear to God it's a really good to have it right when you first wake up in the morning and then after breakfast is good mid-morning coffee it's good to have a little <laughs> before your nap after your nap as long as you're not driving right so. yeah no it, it's, I'm I'm being silly yeah it's it's like and you know, whenever you want to have a drink, that's it's a good drink to have. If you like if you like drinking brandy, um, it's it's full strength, you know, eighty proof, just like whiskey. Mm -hmm. But there's still something about it that's softer than whiskey. Whiskey, the when you're making whiskey, you're trying to get as much oak flavor into it. Like you use when you're making bourbon, you use heavily charred oak barrels, and you want to get that char into the whiskey that's what it that's what they consider aging or maturing is when you get enough char okay we don't want that with it we want we use toasted barrels lightly toasted barrels and they go in those barrels for two years the new toasted barrels for two years then we take them out and put them in old neutral barrels that have been used that have been old enough so they're not imparting any more oak flavor okay. Okay. because we want the apple flavor to come through we want the tannins the vanillas the caramels from the tannin from the oak but we don't want the oak flavor necessarily amazing so the alcohol is 40 percent on this yeah okay. oh that's wonderful that is tasty yeah just well balanced no like crazy ethanol burn or anything like that. Yeah. This is very, very tasty. This is this is another dangerous alcohol you make for me. So whereas I'm like, oh it tastes good and it doesn't hurt, so I'll just drink a bunch of it and <laughs> pass out on my couch. <laughs> so Wow, very tasty. Now the leading to this, I mean, you're creating the brandy, you're sitting on it, it's, it's aging at least the first six years. Is at that point where you're like, we're going to open a tasting room for a limited part of the season? Yeah. We're selling it. We're selling pretty much everything we bottle. It's not mm -hmm. quite, we could probably sell a little bit more, but I don't want to get to a point where I'm being pressured to get bigger. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really pushing it. I don't want to have a tasting room. In, I, don't want, I don't want to have that kind of pressure in my business. I mean, I, I'm an apple grower. And that's what I really like to do. I like being out on. I don't want to have a whole other business, tasting room in town, yeah. kind of thing. It's not. It's a lifestyle choice, and I'm looking long term. At this. It's a having this business. It's a lot of work for what we get paid. We're never <coughs> gonna get rich, really rich, doing this. <laughs> as long as we can pay the bills and and have the lifestyle we do. I get up. I work every day. I work seven days a week for the most part. But I love what I do, and I, I don't want to have to do something else. Yeah, you don't need the pointless stress, right? And right. as they say, if you love what you do, you're never working a day in your life. Right. And it sounds like you love what you do. Yeah. Clearly. And then you're just adding things. You're like, oh, let's make some brandy. Oh, let's add a barrel room. Okay. Right. Let's add a, a small seasonal tasting room. 
and then you mentioned you do hay rides and uh, right. people come and pick the apples. I saw there was a concert stage outside. What kind of events do you host here? Yeah. Well, we used to do a big festival in the fall. We don't do that. It got too big. Okay. And it got to be something other than what I wa wanted to have here in the orchard. But one of the things it did do is it put us on the map locally. Um, and it, brought, it really boosted the numbers of people who come here in the fall. Because I honestly... Coming up here now, we've got all those trees loaded with apples. You walk through the orchard when the apples, when the mm -hmm. trees are loaded. And I, every year I go, there's no freaking way these are all going to get picked. Yeah. Like, there's so many apples. I need so many people to come. And, and sure enough, the cars come and people go out and the apples get picked. And it's a, it's a miracle that happens. But so... Everything kind of works hand in hand, and the fact that we're getting the retail for the brandy, that mm -hmm. like we we have to have the orchard for you know they all kind of work together, support each other. People come; they're all families, yeah, mostly all families, and and the kids, and then the the moms and the kids go off picking apples. The dad needs a drink, or of the course. mom needs a drink. Well, the kids, you know, it's like it all just seems to work. You know, it, they, it all works. Together. Yeah, it's a great circle. It's a it's great a circle, circle of life. And yeah. honestly, for me too, I I love growing apples, but having the distillery, there's just it just adds depth and character to my days. You know, my, the interest. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing. It's an art form to yeah. make it, and the and. There's art form in anything anybody does anyways, but in to have be an apple grower and to have this also be part of the business just makes it so much richer and yeah. deeper. No, it's fantastic to hear that. And clearly you're very passionate about what you do, which is the important part, because if you were passionate about it, I wouldn't be tasting it in the super tasty beverages you provided me. So it's it's there. I can I can taste your passion in the classes. <laughs> And then, yeah, just having an orchard. I mean, we were, uh, as a group, we were at a friend's wedding, and it was at an orchard, and I'm like, ooh, is there cider for me to drink? So do you have any events like that? Do people ever try to book it and be like, hey, I want to have my wedding here, I want yeah. to have this? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you actually host those? We do. I Very few weddings. Okay. Weddings are hard. We have done weddings, and we're getting kind of more set up to be able to do weddings if it, if, if it's during harvest time, no, it's too crazy busy. And then the rest of the year, the spring and summer, the growing season, we're spraying, you know, the sprays, you know, we have, we have to spray, we got to spray. If there's a wedding yeah. going on, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, that element. So the last thing you need is a bride getting a black fly bite or something. So. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we do, we do have, during pick your own, um, my daughter sets these up. We have a, that little stage. It's okay. called the Orchard Shelvin Orchard's yeah. main stage. That goes out in the orchard in different places where we're picking. We have we have bands playing out. So you come upon a band playing in the orchard while you're picking apples. We also have a big table that we wheel out where we have uh, brandy tasting out in the middle of the orchard when you're picking. Um, we have special senior citizens days. We've got um you know so there there are there the, there's burlington taiko the japanese drummers they come out they'll be coming out this year and, and we have a big tent and they 
there's tight, you know, you can hear those drums all through the orchard while you're picking. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I've noticed you pretty do have some pretty good social media engagement too from what I've seen online. How much has, do you find that's helped in the last few years yeah. outside the pandemic? Yeah, well, the social media thing is, is just there. It's, it's a stage that mm -hmm. we, we utilize. And of course, my daughter, being a younger generation, is, she's more active in it. Then um, it gets the word out. It's interactive with, with people in a way that this really is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know the younger generation. I mean, you're in your seventies. I'm in my forties. But the younger generation of those who are starting to drink alcohol, I'm seeing that social engagement is creating them to find a brand like yours right. that they would never find before. Right. And then they're discovering a premium product, and not just drinking some store shelf brandy. Right. They're actually getting good, homegrown brandy. Yeah. So. Well, so it's also that's true. It, People who get out here, mm -hmm. whether it's social media, gets people out here. But once people get out here and they see the tasting room and make the connection that this comes from here, yeah. this, these apples and this brandy and this is, then that anybody will get that once mm -hmm. they come here. When they come in here in this in the in the barrel cellar and see the, particularly if they get in the barrel cellar here and see this. Then walk back out in the orchard. It's like it, this is Vermont. Yeah. I, I love to say that this is the true spirit of Vermont agriculture. Okay. Yeah, and Vermont. I mean, everybody we've spoken with to in Vermont, it's all about agricultural, uh, keeping it as much as you can in Vermont. Yeah. And then if you have to, let's say, grab some sugar from a state over or right. go up to Quebec and grab some stuff, because we're yeah. only literally at two hours north. Yeah. It's it's there, but it's it's regional. Yeah. And, and it's everybody supporting each other. Do you, do you notice you get a lot of uh, Montrealers, Quebecers yes. around the area? Yes. Okay. Did you miss that French accent for a couple of years when the border <laughs> yes. was shut down? <laughs> yes. It's a great, we have, it's a great connection, the, the Quebec, Vermont connection mm -hmm. has always been uh, yeah. really, and there is a lot of uh, fr the French yeah. farms, Canadian farms in this area, particularly in northern Vermont mm -hmm. here. It, it's really part of the culture here, so it's. Uh, it seems Quebec, Vermont, and upstate New York, we all work to get work well together. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the important part is, yeah. for even though there's a pretend line that was created by somebody where we've had to put a border, yeah. we're still trying to spread the love at least for, for as much as we can. Yeah. So that's the important part to Well, me. honestly, my, this is a piece of information. The, when I was a teenager, the first person I learned to distill from was a French-Canadian farmer. <laughs> yes. He had a still hidden in his barn, and I'd bring the barrel of cider, hard <laughs> cider, and we would go up and, uh, you know, illegally, yeah, moonshining, I believe. Moonshining makes them, yeah. and he would, he would, yeah, the stuff we made was terrible, but. But it's the beginning. It was it's, the beginning. it's where the, the nucleus of, of what you're creating now, that's where it began, so. Yeah. That's amazing, I love hearing that. Um, Dead Bird Brandy, Dead Bird, that's pretty unique. Where does that come from? Back in 1986, my grandfather died, and in the old house, there was a gathering after the service, and I was, uh, standing in front of the hearth, and I noticed this little life-sized dead bronze dead bird on the hearth, and I was looking at it, going, 
you know, that's a strange knickknack. When I get a tap on my shoulder, I turn around and there's a, an old man and he says, I can tell you a story about that bird. That bird was found in the snow the morning after your grandfather's still caught fire during prohibition. It's like, what? I turned around, I was like, I didn't, at that, at that time, I never really had a whole lot in common with my grandfather until that minute. You know, now he's dead, but yeah. I grabbed the old man by the arm. We need to sit down. I need to hear the story. So the story goes, it's the middle of the winter, below zero out. My grandfather's in the cellar cooking up a batch of hooch of some kind and whiskey probably. It catches fire. They got to call the fire department. The fire department shows up same time as the liquor control agent. <laughs> The guys on the fire department were friends of my grandfather, so they knew about the still. They were in on the still. <laughs> the guy holding the hose goes, oops, and soaks the revenue. <laughs> it's so cold, he has to go home, change his clothes. By the time he gets back, they'd hidden all the evidence. Nobody gets caught that night. Love it. <clears throat> the next morning, my grandfather finds a bird that had died in the commotion, the smoke, or whatever, in the snow outside the cellar door. He took it, had it bronzed, and gave one to everyone in on it that night as a memento and a thank you for keeping his ass out of jail. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, prohibition uh, back then. I mean, we only had it for, I think, less than a year in Canada, but it was almost like 10 years here in America. That's, yeah. that's pretty wild. Yeah. Like 10 years, no booze. It's illegal. And, you know, and now with the pandemic, booze was considered an essential service. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy how like, yeah. times have changed. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, so what's the future for Shelburne Orchards and Dead Bird Brandy? Hopefully, uh, it just finds its place in the fabric of this community. And okay. I don't ever see it becoming a big thing. I, I always picture it being something that people can come here and get, and it's gonna stay the size of this place, 100 acres, orchard, and... Um, a thousand bottles a year. A thousand bottles a year, yeah. It, we could go bigger than that. We it, we could probably double that without much trouble, but we, could follow, you know, we can follow that demand up to a certain point without getting bigger. I never wanna buy apples in for it. Mm -hmm. I never wanna have it be bigger than what we can do right here with the people that work here. Um, so it'll always remain. These, this bottle you know, is bottled by hand. Yeah. I write the date, I, I sign it. You know, I put the little wax seal yep. on it. We dip it, you know, it's all by hand. There's just, it's, it's a, it's, it'll always be that way. Homegrown, homemade, keep it local. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and if it's not in your nature to be like, I don't want to burn myself out doing this, right. then why do it, right? Right. So, and you seem very content with what you're doing. Yeah. As you said, seven days a week, probably 10, 16-hour days sometimes. Yeah, it's... yeah, not during harvest, yes, but yeah. yeah. And then tasting room, just limited season, but come on, buy, try some brandy. and Yeah. You can buy it any any time of the year yeah. here and just contact us. So, because I'm not always up at the tasting room, but I mm -hmm. can, if someone shows up and texts me, you know, yeah. I come up and... And then during harvest season, come grab some cider donuts and yeah. hard cider. Dad, 
not hard cider, just regular yeah. cider? Yeah. You don't have any alkalized cider? We right? don't. Okay. We make hard cider in the process of making brandy, but okay. we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So just come by, try some cider, buy a bottle of brandy, a bottle of pomo, and we're good to go. Yeah. Awesome. Nick, thank you very, yeah, very much thank for today. You. Really appreciate thank this. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks. I think anybody who's willing to talk to us about their business, clearly you're very passionate about what you do, so that's the important part. For those who are not aware of Shelburne Orchards or Dead Bird, where can they find you? We are here at 216 Orchard Road, Shelburne, Vermont, or our website is shelburneorchards.com, S-H-E-L-B-U-R-N-E, orchards.com. So all that's going to be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please click the subscribe button, the notification bell, and the like button. Uh, any little love that you could provide to us is always helpful. Uh, as for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media, and as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>